We do things a little bit differently here at Beyond. We take a um, theme and we'll talk about it over a series. So rather than just a, a one-off type process, we like to actually dissect it, pull it apart and do it as a series. And if you were here last week, you would have noticed that I said something like, um, it's a bit like a Netflix series. All right? You run it over a period of time and at the end, only with ours you have an outcome, theirs you don't. So we're into week three, we're probably now, week three in your series, you normally start to get into the characters. It's like, yeah, yeah, I really like this guy, or no, I don't like her, and I don't like them. And you start to get a feel for what the series is about and what it belongs to. So here we are, beyond Netflix. Usually you get to skip the intro. You don't get to skip the intro with me, okay? I'll give you a bit of a revamp with how we go to it. First part of the series, Chris spoke to us about... Do my priorities line up with the story I write with my family? And what he was getting at with that is that we have phases that we go through life as families, from when they're at preschool, to when they're at middle school, to when they're at high school, to when they're at university. Even when they leave home, they don't actually leave home, all right, I can tell you that. They're still a part of your life. And Chris actually went down and, and mentioned, you know, we do things like, if you're in business, we write business plans. Churches write missional plans, or should, all right? At home, we write a budget, don't we? Everyone has a budget. We, we even plan for holidays. We don't deliberately plan what our children need to know at any given point in their transition. We don't deliberately plan what we'd like them to know about God. We don't deliberately plan necessarily what it is we want them to know in life as they go through that phase. I'm not suggesting you make it prescriptive and put a checklist and start ticking it off that way but it's good to have a bit of a plank, what we call a framework, okay? I spoke last week about the fight that matters. And it's all about where you fight for your family and not with your family, all right? When you fight with your family and you've got to win that battle with a child just because you can and you're in charge and they need to know you're in charge... Or when you're fighting with your partner and you just have to win that one because you need to validate how you're feeling. The only thing you do is risk the relationship at that point. And I gave everyone a, a little bit of a challenge for the week. Just fight the battles you have to win. All right, Fight those battles. And I gave that scenario that there's times where you don't want a, a child or there's something coming up and what they're going to do is going to be... You know, not right for them. It could be a big wild party or whatever else. That's the battle you need to win. And you do that through love. There's a difference. All right? You're not risking the relationship for the sake of your own self-worth or your own pride, but you're risking it purely for love for them. So this week we're going to talk about bigger families are better. So you've got to stay with me on that one, okay? Bigger families are better. I grew up in a family with six boys. Now, I know there are families much bigger than that. My poor mum had six boys. Not much time for shopping for all those lovely dresses and lovely outfits and accessorise, you know, right? It was just a boy thing. And we had great fun, all right? The issue with that, if you stay with me, with bigger families are better, is that they had a study. It goes back to 2016, all right? There was a good study done on it. And it said... 
bigger families, kids suffer. Right? When your family grows, children suffer. Because there's less parental investment. Their cognitive abilities decrease. Behavioural issues arise. And you can see that all across. Even when a school gets bigger, the social issues get bigger, don't they? That's just a very logical process. Now, anyone that knows me knows I love data. All right? I love statistics. All right? You can do wonderful things with them. And if you're ever doing a survey, anyone, and you want an outcome, tell me what the outcome is. I'll design the survey for you to get that outcome. I like to look at data and statistics and what they don't tell you. Now, when I look at this and I run through that, I say to myself, you know what, completely logical. From a business perspective, from an economic perspective, that's fantastic. All right? That's on the money. And the reason why that's on the money is that was actually created by economists. All right? A group of economists got together and they went through that survey and they did it in a very logical, methodical process. They didn't delve deeper. They didn't go into the self-esteem issues. They didn't go into how the children engage with each other. All right? It was purely done on a statistical basis. So are bigger families better? Let's define the family. This is straight out of the dictionary. All right? I haven't made this up. A group consisting of two parents and children living together as a unit. Right? Another one says... That's better. All the descendants of a common ancestor. Right? That's pretty broad in general. In the sense that I'm talking about bigger families, I'm talking about bigger families in the sense of those trusted to have an influence within the inner sanctum. Right? There's lots of things we do. When we go to work, we're very quick at building networks. Right? And we go to networks for two reasons. A, for prospecting new work, but there's also networking when you're prepared to go out to someone who knows better than you to rub your shoulders with those people who have more experience than you, to talk to those people that have been through that business process better than you or longer than you that can provide advice to you. Right? When you're playing sport you go to a club so that you have coaches and trainers that will teach you. Now, Wally Lewis, we all know from rugby league days, didn't keep his children at home to himself. They still went to be coached because you need that wider circle. And what I'm suggesting is we need to look at family in a bigger sense that it's not just within. Because as our families grow less time individually happens. That's not necessarily bad, bigger families, smaller families. That's the reality of it. All right? That's the reality. We're all busy. Most people are working. Two parents are working. Time with children. All right? You do what you have to do, but it's a fact of life. So as we go through that phase like Chris was talking about, how do we ensure that process? Three biggest factors in building faith that last in a child, okay? Three biggest. This is another study. Spiritual investment of the parent. 
right? We're a church, we can talk about these church things. The outside voices of other adults. That's an important one, okay? The outside voices of other adults. And then we have the opportunity for that child to find a mission. Now that might sound a little churchy, it might even sound a little corporate, but essentially is it comes back to that question, those questions, who am I? What am I doing? And what is my purpose? Or even children need to find their purpose in life. See, your family's road to faith is paved by what we call rhythms and relationships as they transition through. And it's placing trusted rhythms right, in the relationships into your families before you need them. Right? Now, I do a lot of project management and I hate working with what I call last-minute people. All right? We work with a lot of um, um, air freight projects and it's always just in time. And I hate that type of management because it's got very little preparation and planning. You need to do all of that beforehand because you'll get the benefit when you need it. That happens in family life. All right? You need to put those rhythms into a relationship before you need them. So that comes back to the transition part with our families. What do they need to know? Going back a long time, and I'm not going to give you a complete history lesson, but I do need to give you a little bit of background to this. All right? This goes back to old ancient times where Moses has just been given the Ten Commandments. All right? And if anyone wants to talk to me or discuss with me where our morals come from, I'm happy to discuss with you where they come from and we can have that discussion at any time. And Moses was given the Ten Commandments and essentially what he was saying to the people of the day is, this is just a great way to do life. Don't just take it and put it on your wall. Don't just take it when you've got a problem and then deal with it, but talk to your children, talk to your family on the road, in the home, when they get up, when they go to bed. All right? So essentially what this is saying is good practice. All right? Now again, if you know me, I talked last week about I love conflict and well before I should have been having conflict, I had an old football coach who actually went on to be a top AFL coach, but that's another story. And I got caught in this argument with them where they were talking about practice makes perfect. All right, everyone understands that? Practice makes perfect. And I'm a 13-year-old having an argument with a senior AFL coach that no, only perfect practice makes perfect. Because practice doesn't. If you're doing the wrong thing, that's not going to help you. If you're following the wrong process, that's not going to help you. But as a 13-year-old to his coach, all that resulted in was another 10 laps around the oval. And that was my second lot of 10 laps around the oval. And then he was starting to wonder why he put me in a leadership program. But anyway, practice, right? That's all that's saying. Get the system in place, get the values in place, and practice it. Now, that may be early morning with children. That could be at home with dinner. All right? We know how hard it is to even have dinner with family these days. All right? Don't feel guilty about it. Just find another practice that works. But you've got to do it consistently. All right? It's not just okay today. 
and then tomorrow we'll do something different, and then the next day, look, I'm not even here my way. It has to be practice. Now, one of the things or the concepts that I teach to people is what I call a golf swing approach. All right? It's a golf swing. If you don't play sport, you'll still get it. All right? I could have called it a tennis concept or dance and music concept. I'm learning in dance at practice. The golf swing. If you watch them on TV, they'll come up and they'll put the ball down and they'll stand behind the ball, they'll eye where they're going to hit it and they'll come up and I won't do all the other bits, and they, what we call, address the ball, and they hit the ball, all right? And it'll go down in that V-shaped area. They then walk down, and they'll pick up a different club, and they will do exactly the same thing again. They'll stand behind the ball. They look where they're hitting. They come behind it, and they hit it. They hit it onto the green. They go to the green, they get a different club. And they follow the same process. They don't hit the ball once one way, then walk up to the next one and go, I might as well hit this one left-handed. And this one's in the bush, I'll go this way. It is the same process because it builds consistency. And the beauty with having a practice that builds consistency is when you're a little bit off track, you've practiced the ball being here. You know what to do, you know the process. You just simply realign it. And that's family life. It's never going to be perfect, but get into a practice that works. And your practice will be different than mine, will be different than yours, and so on. And it's not always going to work. And that's the readjustment. And where does the readjustment come from? Those rhythms you put into your relationships. This next part, so this is the second reference with it and this goes back to a time when Samuel was a prophet all right he's actually acknowledged by Christians Jews and Muslims as a religious prophet and he was the guy appointed by God that anointed King Saul the first king of the Jews all right so he's that wise religious spiritual prophet and he anointed Saul and this king has died he lost his way and now Samuel's being told to go and find another king. Go and anoint another king, and I'll find you. And in this passage, he goes out to this particular person's place, Jesse, and Jesse's a very wise guy who has followed practice. Followed practice, and he's very close to God. And Samuel goes out and says, bring me all of your sons. I've been told that the next king will come from your sons. So Jesse does what any probably human he would do. He went and grabbed his seven sons, or his sons, all the older ones, the good-looking ones, six foot higher, you know, big, strong guys, good AFL players probably. And he brought them before Samuel. And Samuel said, no, none of those. And he said, do you have another son? And the story goes, yes, I've got my young son out with the sheep. Bring him to me. And, of course, that's David who becomes King David. And that's before King David went through to fight Goliath. See, when God looks at us, he's not looking at it like you and I and just putting a picture that this guy is six foot six, he's big, or she's beautiful and attractive. He's looking at their heart. 
So when he wants to give you a mission or when you want to find a purpose in life, it's not because of how you look. It's because of who you are. It's because of what's in your heart. So with good practice, consistent practice, we can actually create an environment and the mechanics for children to find a purpose. And that purpose may not be what we want. All right? It's what's placed on their heart. See, at, at Beyond, we are so, so embedded. We are so, so committed to creating environments and mechanics for families that we have a Beyond Kids environment. We run youth group for junior and senior youth group. We run connect groups. It is so important. What rhythm do you want placed with your family? Now, even if you're here for the first time and you're not Christian or you don't believe in this at the moment, all right, that's up to you, that's okay. But isn't it important even from family values to put the right people beside your family? We don't have all the right answers. Why not create and put them in an environment that they can grow in, that you feel safe with. And so what you're doing is your family now is moving out in that concentric circle process. You've now widened your network. You've now got a more trusted network that will talk to your children. And not just children, to us as families. I do it for work, you do it for work, we do it for sport... We just don't do it very well for life, do we? Really. We like to think we can do it all ourselves. But we need to build that family network a little wider. It's a really simple for Monday today. So here we like to set a challenge or an application more so for what we've gone through through the series each week. There's no point coming on a Sunday and then going to work on Monday and fact, well, what was that idiot talking about? I can't remember. It's a really simple one. Join one of our connect groups. Right? Even if you're new here, just come and join it and say hi and see what it's like. And if you don't like it and you find it's boring, you know what? We'll create you another one. We will find an environment that we can connect you to because bigger families are better in that concept, all right? When life's a struggle, where do you go? When you leave your children in care, even if it's with a babysitter, even whether it's with sport or life, you want to leave them in a trusted environment, all right? You want to leave them somewhere that adds value, And that's how we look at connect groups, you know. We look at them, it's got to be something that adds value. It's like meetings. I won't turn up to any meeting for work or industry or whatever else if it's not productive and doesn't add value. I'm quite happy to tell them. It needs to have a purpose. And the connect groups too, because we believe in family. We believe Griffin here is just a bigger, wider extension of our family. And we see the importance to get in to help those families in some form. So we run 
the youth groups here on Friday nights for the kids. Right? There's nothing else in the environment here. We've got the kids here and we have connect groups for the family. That's all I need you to do this week. Right? Whether you know us, whether you don't know us, jump onto our Facebook, jump onto our Instagram, connect with us, come and talk to me or someone else here from the team and start to build that relationship, please. And like I said, if you don't like it, that's okay. There's probably lots of people in my group that don't like me, but I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll make my own group. You know? And that's what life's about. We go through the transition of rhythms and phases, all right? a little more deliberate process. So what is it you want them to know? Look at your family now. What do you want them to know? Who are the people in their lives apart from you? Who are was, who, who was speaking to them? This is, this is where our teachers become so important because they're at school with the kids for so long. This is where the adults in their lives become imperative to it. Who's in their life? Not just wider family or uncles or aunts, but wider. When we move through and you need to have battles with them, you do it with love. Only fight those battles you have to win. Don't try and wreck the relationship because I'm in charge. You do what I tell you to. All right? Or I need to validate how I feel. You know, I'm in charge. I'm the boss. Win the battle that you have to win and only fight those that you have to win. And then please consider the concept of family is bigger. Yep, statistically, economically, yep, I agree with that one. Smaller families, you can put more time into the children. In that case, we'll all just have one child. How easy is that? We wouldn't populate. There'd be no one left in the world in time. All right? There'd be very little engagement because you're actually having a reverse process of engaging. But economically, it's sound. But learn to get into the rhythm of life, into the rhythm of relationships. Good practice. And the people that actually get placed before you. Just think right now. Who's someone of influence that was in your life at some stage that made a major difference? And you don't have to answer this, it's rhetorical. Did that happen by chance? Or was it deliberate? And all I'm saying is, let's not let the rhythms dictate to us how our lives go. Let's learn to dictate our lives by creating our own rhythms. So please, can I encourage you this week or Monday? Ironically, we have our connect groups again Saturday and Sunday this week. Come and see one of us, jump onto our sites, and we'd love to see you there. Let me pray for you. Thank you so much for everything that you provided for us. And even though it's been such a horrible, horrendous week that we've seen through the media, we can only pray that you're involved somehow, that you're with this family, you're with the people that attended, that some families are horrible, Lord. But it's so important that we have good relationships in our lives, that we're deliberate with who we engage with, that we're deliberate with the transitions in our life and the people who influence us. 
We pray for all the Griffin community here, Lord, that they may come together as one, that they may seek to work together, to look after each other. And you know what? If they see someone struggling, that they just put their hand up and ask, how are you going? Lord, we we pray for everyone that's here today for a lovely weekend, for a safe journey, and that if there's something that you've placed on their heart today, that you give them the courage and boldness to come and chat to one of us. Lord, we pray all these in Jesus' name. Amen.